everyone. This is Nick Castle, better known as The Shape. And you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And Greg, I'm right out your window. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that likes its music loud, but not too loud. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our exploration of education and horror comes to a head as our learning leads us to listening in to some scary scores and soundtracks. Mm. And you don't have to be on the Dean's List to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your vinyl hole. <laughs> and if you are out there uh, spinning on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we again have an events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, August 27th, here again in the Kansas City area, mm-hmm. we've got your genre needs met and then some. Oh, yes. And we're talking indoors. Outdoors. And virtually. Mm-hmm. And if you are in the Kansas City area and are listening on this Friday, our latest Friday Night Fright. We're all going to laugh at you. We won't laugh at you. We'll laugh with you. And you're going to have to laugh to get through this film because, oh, is it mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it from a, just a, a nasty little gnarly piece of work from the 1970s mm-hmm. uh, from a classic filmmaker featuring so many young stars? It's an iconic movie. It's, I mean, even normies know of Carrie. Scary you say Carrie. Yeah. If you say Carrie, Carrie, people are going to know. People are going to know the whole like, you know, going to give you the look. Right. Exactly. The whole. um Oh, gosh. Telekinesis. Sissy SpaceX. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a film that I have not seen. And probably close to 15 years, and I've never seen it on the big screen. I've never seen it on the big screen either. So I cannot wait for that. Now, oh, yeah. I should also mention that Piper our friend- Laurie is crazy. Oh, she is next level in this film, and so is, uh, you know, Travolta. It's so weird. So weird. Yeah. Uh, and also, friggin', William, um, uh, the greatest American hero in this, um, oh my God, William Cat. Uh-huh. His hair is next level. Oh, yeah. As is Amy Irving, as is PJ Souls with her hat. Totally. It's- crazy crazy good but also i forget to mention that if you can't come to you know and see it on a friday night and be part of our friday night fright film family Mm -hmm. uh, they always repeat that following monday yeah oh yeah yes oh cool so i want to make sure people know that as well So friday night frights or monday night monsters Ooh, that's quite good and this one truly is a monster and it's a monster that is her mom and then the next friday night fright because we might as well advertise it is one that participated here recently in our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Mm -hmm. And if you are part of our Patreon family, you scandalously realized that I only saw for the first time this year, oh boy, I can hear you all out there. You're you're pointing, you're going... 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Man, that's a great movie. It's that, a wonderful movie. Such paranoia and scary and Donald Sutherland and Robert Duvall being a creepy priest out of nowhere for no reason. Just like wonderful. And another a film that plays differently in today's day and era. Oh, yeah. 
So I can't wait to see it on the big screen because that's another one. That of course, I've never seen it on the big screen. Young Goldblum. Yes. Young Goldblum. And Donald Sutherland and No Bare Ass. <laughs> Which is rare. Which he tried Which to get in, in there, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's it's the fright. contract. That's the fright in and of itself. But come on out there. And of course, so many other genre films. Uh, we've got Indoor and Outdoor. The Last Action Hero. <laughs> Have you ever seen the video for Big Gun, the ACDC song? Probably back in the day. It has Arnold Schwarzenegger as Angus Young doing the whole thing. Because <laughs> he got the schoolboy outfit yes, on and everything. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. It's it's quite amazing. Come out for the pre-show. You, I guarantee you're going <laughs> to see it. <laughs> uh, they've got uh, also on the outdoor screen, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Ooh. Cla- I've... I've seen that. I've seen that too. But like if I'm, it's Hitchcock it's good because it, fucking The Birds is great, North by Northwest is Psycho's great. Psycho is amazing. Psycho is great. Everything that I've seen of Hitchcock I fucking dig. I saw Frenzy for the first time on a big screen last year. That's one of Adrian's favorite movies, isn't it? It's a good one. It's a really good one. You'll never look at a necktie the same way. Huh. Uh, and then some new releases finally and someone's probably going to win some money on this. We're going to see the new mutants. It's about fucking time. It's like, it's about fucking time. I like the way they're like starring Mazzy Williams as a 12 year old. And now she's like 28. (laughs) (laughs) A lot happens in those three years. Genius. (laughs) Shit. Time in Westeros really does a number on the body. Uh, Quite possibly. uh, You might hear our thoughts on that, but also one that a sequel that I, I know I didn't realize I needed because I avoided the trailers initially. And I eventually had to succumb because I was uh, watching Scott Pilgrim, which, by the way, this is the viewing that finally won me over. Okay. <laughs> I, I still felt a little uh, old man. You damn kids. You stop s- making such bad dis- choices. You still want them off your lawn, but now you're not openly yelling at them. And like- no, and I totally embraced the Brie Larson jam in that movie. Oh, my God. I needed more of that. So yeah. I'm going to go out and seek out the soundtrack. Uh, but... Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, it looks good. It, I saw the trailer, and uh, this is this is embarrassing to admit, but I, I cried a little. And I think a lot of that comes from the good, of course, the nostalgia feelings that go along with the first two films, mm-hmm. but also my love of the characters. Yeah, and their viewpoint and how just kind of genuine they are. How and just I, we need that now. We need some just genuine love and adoration and feel good we really do need to be excellent to each other this and is then, the this you know what god made rock and roll for you to you uh and don't mess with the member of the kiss army sorry no worries um <laughs> what if this film is the thing that actually unites everyone uh-huh. and is like the what is the, the wild stallions that truly yeah gets us through 2020 what if this is that the, you know they were sent well, if anybody, it would be Keanu Reeves. Yeah, oh, I, I would not be shocked at all if well, like, he comes out of the screen, out of yeah. every one. Uh, I cannot wait to see that one. Honestly, me neither, but I am going in with a blank slate. Ah, uh, well. Uh, I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah. And anytime you throw Samara Weaving in the mix. Then I'm going to have a little bit. The slate's not going to be as blank, but yeah, I'm, I'm going in openly, oh, uh, optimistically cautious. Because, like, I've been burnt too many times, by, but at the same time, I don't want Bill and Ted to be ruined. 
if I cry at least one time, I know I'll have a good time. Right. So right. Th- we'll, we'll talk about the tears there. Now, if you're not ready to go indoor or outdoor, we totally understand. And we do, but we have such sights to show you. Well, at least Genius will, as we are going to be premiering on August 28th, uh, our latest Shutter shout-out double feature. And this one is all you, Genius, which I think when you look at the subtext <laughs> and the text... Says a whole lot about you, my friend. The squiddly diddly shall be exquisite. And just <laughs> they have uh, infinity to know your flesh. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Such <laughs> sights that you will see, such things you will hear, so many memories and experiences. But Hellraiser and Hellbound, Hellraiser two, back to back, going to hell and back. This great double feature, man. I love Hellraiser one and two, and I and I like the fact I can't wait to see how because it's basically. The same, the continuation. So it's one big story. What is it about film franchises that start with the letter H where they have sequels that follow directly into each other? You have Halloween and Halloween 2. Uh huh. You have Hatchet and Hatchet 2. And 3 and 4. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, you have, yeah, uh, Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. Mm-hmm. Something with the H's. I don't know. That's it's, true. But, um, that is, of course, free on Shutter. Now, if you would like a customized pre-show, a vintage trailer reel for each film, and then afterwards, a uh, I'm sure this is going to be a frank and classy discussion on uh, the, the subtext of Ex- sexuality. Extra classy with Frank. <laughs> but all you need to do is become a member of the Screenland film family by heading over to patreon.com slash Screenland. And speaking of virtual and Screenland in the film family... Hey, Pally! Well, actually, no. Oh, before that, yeah, before that even... Um, here in the month of October, we still got a lot of things oh, yeah. coming up. Oh, fuck yeah. And this is a time we're going to go ahead and we're going to promote, plug and promote, Trick and Treats. Mm-hmm. This is a little preview of Panic Fest, and this is going to be a virtual fest that is going to feature feature-length films, shorts, of course, because anything involved with Panic Fest, oh, you yeah. got to have the shorts. Oh, yeah. And Those are the bite-sized treats. That's And that's what people expect. That's what they're really well known for. And, of course, a number of different live events. Now, they don't have everything finalized at this point because they're still getting material. So if you would like to, you know, if you've got a film to promote, a short, or any kind of event, a podcast, anything along those lines, uh, head on over to panicfilmfest.com slash tricks where you can go ahead and submit all those things and they will then obviously be updating as they receive things and put together their final lineup. And it is going to go from October 31st to September 1st, Halloween weekend. Nice. Nice. That's going to be awesome, dude. I Again, it gives us something to look forward to. And in the day of Corona, this is how a lot of the film festivals happen. I'm not going to say this is what's going to eventually happen with Panic Fest, but I'd like to think if it ultimately does, this will be a nice little warm up for them. Mm-hmm. And having attended, in quotes, the Chattanooga Film Festival, it can be done. And again, I'm so confident they're going to do it well. It's going to be a good time. Well, it's speaking be a of blast. a good time, the week, a uh, week or two before that on October 17th, Kansas City Horror Club. Yes, we're bringing it horror at the drive-ins. Coming back, baby, October 17th. Two terrifying double features to chill your bones. Wait, All... two terrifying double features? No, a... Four films? Oh, wow. A double, 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 double. No, um, two movies, a done double feature. One double feature, two movies that is guaranteed to terrify. I took my alliteration too far. I, I couldn't stop. I was on the crash course. On wings of wax. <laughs> on the wings of love. But um, two movies, all centered around the Halloween season. It's going to be great. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I can't tell you much more details because I'm still ironing them out, but save that day, October 17th. No, again, we understand a lot of things are always in motion at this point. Things change day to day. Yes, absolutely. We, we totally understand that. But I mean, if, if you head over to Facebook, I'm sure. Fa- yeah, the Kansas City Horror Club at Facebook. We'll have more information yep. as it's coming along. Just go to Facebook, search Kansas City Horror, you'll find it. And speaking of events that uh, happen annually in the month of October. We need a date for Nerdoween, Nerdoween, Nerdoween. We're going to get a date for Nerdoween. Just not right now. Well, it's almost time, kids. We're planning. We're trying to figure out when Nerdoween is. We have the movies. We know what we're going to do, but we got to figure out when. But get ready, kids. It's almost time. I like panic and anxiety written Tommy Lee Wallace a la genius. That was quite nice. I was like, oh, no, this is this Tommy. This TLW is a little off. I like that. Not, not as cool and calm as before, which is appropriate given, again, the nature of everything. But as this is going to be our sixth Nerdoween horror movie marathon, we thought we'd go all in on the sixes. Mm-hmm. Six, we, six, six. We've got three films. Hail Satan! Uh, all devoted to the devil mm-hmm. some way or another. And I will say this. I know we have at least two-thirds of the lineup, I think, finalized. Yes. We've got a wild card on the third one. We still don't know at this point. <laughs> but the wild cards that we have to choose them are pretty wild. Yes. If we're going to go out, we're going to go out with a bang with another Hail Satan! Uh, Hail Satan! And I, I, of course, always guarantee a good time. But uh, keep up to date at Nightmare Junk um, on Twitter again, on Facebook, obviously, on the event tab there, and with Screenland. But if we're talking film family and Patreon, and now it is time for a little... Hey, hey, And this is truly a special Patreon pally because you've actually heard this particular individual on the show. Mm-hmm. And I do believe we have a particular nice little uh, greeting for him. Yeah, just one little question. Is Tamara home? I challenge you to go out and take a listen to a little Kansas City podcast called Who the Hell Is This For? Mm -hmm. And I challenge you not to find a more genuine, joyous group of buddies getting together and talking films. And what I really like with that podcast and what Ty brings to it is a youthful perspective because (laughs) I am an old man at this point. I realize that and I like to hear what the kids like. Oh, these crazy kids with their Nintendo switches and whatnot. Well, you know what? It turns out Ty has an old soul because he, he really digs a lot of the stuff that we dig. Yeah. And if you've listened to the show, if you've listened to him, in fact, uh, we had him and, um, Oh, goodness. I believe it was, uh, uh, Ty and Jeff from the, who the hell is this for show? And they were on the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, Mm -hmm. which leads us to, and we often talk about first time viewings and how in the right atmosphere with the right things happening, they can go from a great viewing experience to something that's memorable, Mm -hmm. that truly sticks in your mind. And if you go back and listen to our, it was the 2010 uh, second round episode, the Scream 16. You're the strangers. If you if you listen to and you put your head to the ground, you'd hear some. Uh, Is Tamara home? Oh no, I was gonna go a little. Uh, Tiptoe through the tulips by the window. That's where I'm. Oh, and go back to listen. Now we're probably we double triggered Ty at this point, and we're supposed to be giving him love <laughs> and waxing <laughs> his car, and here we are. Putting the poor boy into uh, shakes. Tamara's tiptoeing through the tulips. Oh, no. That's alliteration gone too far. Tiptoe through the tulips. To my my Tamara. From Tamara. To. There it is. Is Tamara home, though? Tiptoe 
through the tamaris with Ty. There it is. Stamp that in your brain, my friend. <laughs> and thank you for being part of our Patreon film oh, family. You're fucking rad. You dude. are, man. And again, check out the podcast. Who the hell is this for? Guaranteed good time. They just recently reviewed Twister, which is you forget that. It's basically a really just genre film with all your favorite character actors. It's a disaster film. It's a fucking disaster. It's the towering inferno in Kansas. It's wonderful. It's great. It's so much fun. And they had a genuine joy with it. Now, if you would like a little shout out uh, for anything that you're plugging or promoting and for us to wax your car a little, you can join our film family over at patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Thanks, pallies. Thank you, pallies. Now, it's been a long month. Um, yeah, it has. I'm, I'm keeping that pause in there because that <laughs> pause was very uh, purposeful. <laughs> but oh my goodness, we've been going through a lot, you know, personally, privately, what have you. You know, it's been, and again, everyone's going through the ringer right now. And what's been giving me a lot of solace is number one, a lot of the podcasts I listen to. But of course, number two is recording this very show with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a good chance to get together, uh, talk movies, just talk life. Um, obviously, we don't get very serious here on the show. That's for off mic. Right. Um, but it's the, to come together and just have some fun. And the month of August has been an education. Yes, it has. Um, I've I had a couple of, you know, one first timer. Um, some genuine joys with these viewings mm-hmm. and the, the last of the month we had two films initially that we were initially that we were putting in like okay and i believe they were two of your suggestions yeah there are two of my suggestions i'm not throwing you under a bus no here. no no, no. Uh, there are two of my suggestions but then i also remember i had a caveat with it too i was like okay so <laughs> i was like okay um we are going to either do, and we, they're still on the back burner. I mean, they still can be done at some point in time. But for mm-hmm. to finish off the education month, we are going to either do Return to Horror High or Student Bodies. And so then, but I was like, but I think we should probably watch Student Bodies before we talk about it because it's been a while. And I remember them either there being some problematic things or I just wanted to see if it was still funny because like it might have pulled a repossessed on me. Because when I was younger, I loved fucking repossessed. I thought it was funny, the funniest fucking thing. I watched watched it maybe about two years ago and i'm like Ooh, these are not funny father may i not father may i not these like jokes are dated and they're like Bummer. and it's just too good and so like that's the bad thing like especially when we're all about like nostalgia and shit and looking back at older movies we have naturally rose tinted glasses and sometimes those glasses are shattered and that's what happened with student bodies and of course, being a podcast of positivity, we, we didn't, didn't want to stretch like right, right. We didn't want to go so far, and because like it was decent, I didn't, I didn't feel my time was wasted at Neither all. Neither did I, but it was nowhere near as good and funny as I remembered. And of course, poor Dustin had to sit through that one. When he went, you started out like a champ, and then he was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Yeah." It, it happens. It happens. And then we didn't have time to see Horror High, and I remember that one being a really a fun one too, but also like. I like to vet. Right. You know, of course, of course. Especially if we're going to, like you said, we're, I don't want to see a movie unless it's like a brand new movie, which is kind of fair game, but we're always, uh, we're very constructive. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a long way to get around. We are going to be the Rice Krispies of all podcasts because we're going back to a little segment where it's good for us to kick back. Uh, What's the score? Uh huh. Uh, we're still continuing with the educational theme, though. Absolutely, because in this case, where we do kick back and we listen to some of our favorite horror scores and soundtracks, but the twist is, and the condition is, it's all here in the studio. So mm-hmm. it is all via vinyl, and we are indeed 
going to be educating one Genius McGee mm-hmm. with one particular album, but we've got a, we're going to build up to that. And as it turns out, I have not revealed the lineup at all to Genius. Yeah, I'm going in absolutely blind. And I did that on purpose because I'm not going to say there's a narrative here because there's really not for the most part, but there's some choice cuts in here with some films that you've seen some films that I have not seen, so I'm curious to see if you have, but mm-hmm. all of the little segments we're going to listen to, I think, will itch a particular scratch that you might have. I'm genuinely excited. I'm always down for the education of Genius McGee, because like, even though that sounds like an Emmanuel movie, I know that I'm still going to... Like an Emmanuel movie, I know I'm going to get something good. You don't go have to go behind the beaded curtain <laughs> to listen into this one, my friends. I just tell you that. Now, I mentioned the whole... Um, the Rice Krispies here because some of the pieces that we're going to listen to have some snaps. They got some cracks, crackles, and they've got some pops. Perfect. This is, again, straight vinyl, so we've got some ones that have some character, but honestly, some of my favorite 35 millimeter screenings are the ones that... They have that little character. Yes. have that little grit in the grime. I they like got it. some life. Dude, I got, some, I got a whole gallon of non-dairy milk, so I'm ready for some Rice Krispies. Perfect, perfect. Well... Our first sampling here is a film that we both saw last year and actually was on probably my top five films of 2019, mm-hmm. which is strange because I I love the film, but I hate every single person in this film. And I think the saving, not the saving grace, but the thing that kept me watching throughout Ooh. was the score. And oh, we're, no, no, take the guess. Ooh, is it Bliss? It is indeed Bliss. Sweet! We are going to be listening to the music and score by Steve Moore and Dope. Yes, you've listened if you've listened to a, a segment of What's the Score before, we have touched upon his work. Mm-hmm. And when I say Steve Moore, hopefully a lot of you out there you're thinking very synth heavy. You're going to you're going to get this rhythmic beat and it's very it's rad. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, this is also another collaboration with Joe Bigas and They've worked before as well. In fact, we've listened to uh, The Mind's Eye. Uh, a number of times they've collaborated. But this movie, there were certain segments that completely leaped off the screen visually for me. And then also aurally. Mm-hmm. And because I saw a score by Steve Moore and I'm like, okay, awesome. Yeah. But the first track that we're going to listen to, and it's called a Diablo, was the moment that I was like, ooh, this is something more. And oh, that's something Steve Moore. Damn it. I wasn't even that was not even written. (laughs) I was about to apologize immediately when I realized what happened there. But no, but I did realize, yeah, he's he's gone beyond what I've expected. And I'll be curious to see your reaction to what you what the images it evokes in you, because, of course, that's my favorite thing here. And especially given the nature of this naughty little film. And I've got a nice little anecdote about it. But again, I fucking loved this movie. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, But we are going to be listening to the track Diablo.
what does that evoke to you? Dirty cities. Like it like establishing shots in a crime show. And that's not a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like I picture her when I in I picture her, the character, driving her car mm-hmm. in the city and it's showing crime and it's like desolate, almost a wet, a gritty westerny type thing, but also in the heart of the city. And I just picture like, you know, not squalor, but like like everyday you, life, everyday life in the Reality. crime in the city and in the heart of like a, you know, like it's not necessarily uplifting. No, it's somber. Yeah, I liked it. And honestly, I forgot about how many driving scenes there are in the bliss. Yeah, it almost would pair well based on that with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the amount of time that people are driving around in that movie of which you don't get a rich, lush score like this. Now, I'm not going to lie. The minute. Not the minute, the second I heard the guitar, because uh-huh. I was not expecting that. Because with Steve Moore, it's synth. It's all synth. I was expecting the big, heavy beats, the pulsating synth. Yeah. And then when he kicks in with that, with that guitar, I went nineteen back all the way back to nineteen eighty seven to Lethal Weapon. Yeah, like dirty. I went to Miami Vice. That's perfect. Okay, that that that, that totally then makes sense. Just noirish almost. Yeah. Very Which, crime noir. Yes. Uh, 80s crime noir. To live and die in L.A. Yeah, I was going to say, like, some sort of, like, uh, to, Michael Mann. Well, and it's very much like when Tangerine Dream, when they did the score for that, and how very much this actually could transpose over that. Yeah. Both of these films are, both of those films, actually, I think, are aided orally based on the score and just how much depth it gives the movie. Because... The characters themselves, I could not stand. I felt like such an old man. See, I didn't think they were that bad. I was kind of down with the hedonistic aspect of it. But, like, at the same time, I could see. I could see. You know, I was the same way with It Follows. Like, they're hedonistic as shit, but I was still like, those goddamn kids. You know? So, I don't know. But, like, Joe Vegas has that 80s aesthetic. I mean, 100% the gritty 80s aesthetic. I mean, look at VFW. Look at Bliss. Both were, like... Those could be set in 1986 in Miami Vice or in like, uh, uh, what was who uh, to live and die to in live LA. in L and die in L A. Well, he shot on film with Bliss, which completely shows. And yeah. I remember watching. So, I saw it for my first time at Tapcade. I'll pour one out for our home right. there. Excuse me. In fact, we will actually be there that Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, come out and say hi and pour one out to Tapcade. Where and this was a great memory because if you've seen the movie Bliss. Uh, there is a blatant, blatant dirty sex scene in this movie. And I mean, we are, I mean, things are getting eaten and it's not an apple core. Okay? Oh my. Yeah. No. And I made sure to keep my hands out of my pockets because <laughs> I, I had a hoodie on at that point. <laughs> exactly. Cause I didn't want Sam to come in amidst this, this crazy sex scene that's going on screen. What's going on? Ah, <laughs> Hands up, above the table, all above board. Exactly. It was it was rough. It was rough, but it was memorable because I was like, "Well, this is this is joyous," mm-hmm. and that's what you get with this movie. It is over the top. It's almost as if um, what's his bucket? Donald Logue's from uh, Blade when he wants to be a naughty vampire yeah. god. It's almost like the underbelly. Like of he that. lives there. Like he's like the king there. You know. Like, I could totally see that. And it's this film is a vampire film. It is a. Um, it's his it's his basically his take on vampirism. In fact, I would argue that this film would also play really well with uh, 1983's The Hunger. I go near dark. 
Near Dark, it would play well as well. And that's that's the best part of this movie is it would play well with a lot of films. But it also plays as an art film. It would mm-hmm. play well with The Devil's Candy. Absolutely with The Devil's Candy. And speaking of The Devil's Candy and metal, uh, let's get to our next track here, which is called First Kill. And this gives us what we're, what I was coming to expect with Steve Moore. The, the thud that is the heavy synth i fucking loved that dude it made me think of like um somebody was being hunted but they're being hunted in somewhere either desolate or like post-apocalyptic like they're being hunted in like a rock quarry or something a lot of his work evokes imagery for me for brad fidel which who did the terminator yeah which is appropriate given the that synth heavy yeah. sound and i've uh, that's I've, menacing that's a menacing track it's it's legitimately good, but also kind of lost within there is what I also love with the Steve Moore is you get these little dun, 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 that also then plays behind that. But this mm-hmm. one is all punishing. <laughs> and given the nature of the scene of her first kill, which happens in the bathroom when the effects start kicking in, I mean, it is punishing yeah. and brutal. And this is a bloody bloody movie yes, it is and i take it back no it's not in the bathroom it's actually uh with george went and what's his bucket from Par- uh, parker lewis can't lose oh yeah the coob the coob yeah the remember coob. she chows down on him spoiler yeah. alert with graham skipper as well that's right and that's when that's the graham be- skipper you're your graham skippy uh-huh there you go <laughs> no it's uh, legitimately you get a lot of your old school favorites uh, the new school guys as yeah. well and, and everybody's getting tore up yeah well i think everyone's having a lot of fun mm-hmm. and that's again i could not stand any of the characters so when they're getting their comeuppance i'm like okay fine good at least they're gone chow down have your have your heart even george went well, no, I had I, okay. I was kind of rooting for those guys there, <laughs> except for the, their level of escalation when they were getting angry with each other, which, again, as a hot blooded man genius, I know you understand that. But it happens, but not to that. Le- <laughs> that's a next level that you're not really expecting. <laughs> especially coming from George Went. Well, yeah, especially George Went. But some great kills in this movie. And the closing song that we're going to close, uh, the, the final song that we're going to close out here uh, for Bliss the title track here is called wait for it immortal combat Liu Kang wins
I suppose I should go to my NPR voice here because not only are you getting the softer side of Nightmare Junkhead, I totally lied to you. That was not the track Immortal Kombat. That was the closing track Sunlight. I was going to say, that did not sound like Immortal Kombat at all. That was sound like Welcome to Nightmare Jun- Junkhead's ASMR. Tonight we're going to talk about tingles and clouds. D- did you say tingles and clowns? Tingles and clouds. Okay, good, because I don't want to think tingles about tingles and clowns. And, yeah, no thank you. No, I kind of do want to talk about tingles and clowns, actually. So we are going to go ahead and continue on uh, our party here with some bloodsuckers. And it turns out I've actually, the first three albums are all going to be from Blah Vampire oh, Films. Blah! Bliss! <laughs> and we're going to go from Steve Moore to something a little bit more classy and classical, um, as we're going to be listening to two tracks off of Love at First Bite. <laughs> With George Harrison? Hamilton, my friend. Hamilton, Hamilton, Mr. T- <laughs> It's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Love at first bite. I remember that that being very campy and very silly. It was just like the whole, or the fact that Mr. Tan is a vampire was just like the joke in itself. It, but I remember he playing very hammy, but very like suave and de boner. Jeez <laughs> oh, Louise. Totally st- channeling your inner Connery there, my friend. <laughs> no, it is completely all of that and then some. It is very campy. This came out in 1978, and it's really funny because we'll get to the film that came out the following year, but this one is total tongue-in-cheek, you know, with the vampiric fangs mm-hmm. fearing throughout. But what we're going to listen to here, and this is by Charles Bernstein, we're going to open with something classical, and then we're going to go into a, something that is... um familiar and i just challenge you not to dance to it Uh, we're going to listen to transylvania moon and fly by night Thank you. 
so I'd like to think that the disco realm is something a little bit familiar for you if you've listened to the show. The disco realm is extremely familiar. I love me some fucking disco, dude. I, that's, I got a new ringtone now. Fly by night, sleep all day, you know? Okay, so... Okay, so I pictured all of a sudden a European show in the 70s, like one of those European variety shows. That Rusty would have been on on European vacation? Something like that. And then, but they had like with the choreographed big dance numbers, so all of a sudden it comes out with this woman, like the babushka, and she's got like the Romanian violin <laughs> standing in front of a castle. And I love it. Fucking love it. And then it turns into this super elaborate like 70s variety show disco dance where the women come in and they're dressed up like sexy vampires you know they're all doing choreographed numbers and then the main vampire coming in like a like grace jones right but she's dressed up like ram stoker's dracula hell have her come out as katrina from vamp fly by night sleep all day right and it's just like I love it. Just the whole imagery, like everything's wild and shit. And speaking of imagery, what the folks don't see at home here is the moves Genius was putting on, even within a nice socially distanced way. They all have sequence capes, you know, they're all like the... It's it's something that you should expect from 1978. I love it, it. But it's something you don't necessarily expect in your Dracula film. Vampire disco. That come, You know what? That goes up with a lot of great, like, you know, the Friday the 13th disco theme. It, eh. It's true. D and D was scary in the eighties, and D and D was scary in the seventies as well. Dra- mm-hmm. Dracula and disco. But the very next year, get down and boogie boy. <laughs> there it is. That's scary. Uh, we're gonna go from, and this is technically the first time this genius has ever graced our good graces here, and we're gonna be listening to John Williams. Ooh, ooh, legit. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we're classing the joint up here. Uh, but what I liked here is this we're going to be closing out our vampire trilogy and we're going to actually listen to the main theme from 1979's Dracula. Blah. And this is the one where Frank Langella is Dracula. Skeletor. That's awesome. And and this is 1979 Frank Langella and he's a, he's a handsome man but 79 Langella is kind of like 69 um uh, oh God, Oliver Reed. That's true. Like just handsome. It's better than like Jack Pound's Dracula because then he's like, <laughs> his bat. He's got a one-armed bat doing. No, I guess bats can't do push-ups. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's doing hanging upside down. Doing there it is. There it is. Then doing pull-ups. There. That's perfect. That's perfect. But we're gonna listen to the main theme here from John Williams' Dracula, and this one is another one with a lot of the hiss and the cracks in the character. Cool. So you have been warned, but it's also very classy and also very much a John Williams score.
is classy. That is extra classy, dude. That sounds very. That sounds like a Dracula. You know, that sounds sinister and dark, but it also has that John Williams flair. Well, you know what it sounds like. Did you hear the hints of the Raiders theme in there? Do do do. You can, and, and, and this came out before Raiders, so I'd like to think that Dracula kind of gave birth to that theme because it's r- ridiculous to go back and look at the films, all the films that he scored and all the themes that when you think of certain movies, the first thing that pops up in your head is his music. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit it, I have not seen 1979's Dracula. With Frank Langella? I have not. Me neither. Now, see, now, that's something I need to put on the I've seen that challenge. But it sounds cool. I well, mean, just the music alone. I mean, Frank Langella and, like, John Williams... Score. In a Dracula, and it sounds like what a Dracula movie. It sounds the dark and the sinister. It almost sounds like them. What do they use in Bram Stoker's Dracula for the promotion, and then they use it in every single fucking thing ever? That um, it's gonna haunt you. Yeah, it is. Boom, 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 boom. That's the Batman theme. Fucking, it's something classy. You, you, you're the hero we deserve right now, my friend. I do believe that. No, I, I again, Martha. the the amount of work that John Williams has done, it's re, uh, Superman. Yeah. That's his. Fucking Jaws. Jaws. Fucking uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. I mean, you name a movie. You Raiders. Name, you name any movie, like the top movies in popular consciousness, not even like folk, but normies. It's going to be a John Williams scored movie. It's a unifying theme. And his mu- and the music is that good that it identifies itself. It becomes another character. And with a lot of these scores, and what I love also is the fact that he's got relationships with these directors, especially with like his work with Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost a little bit similar like the way um, Steve Moore and Joe Bigas work together at this point. They've got the collaboration, and that, that matters yeah, because they speak each other's language. And whenever they get together like that, that's phenomenal. But yeah, no, this was my first taste of this one, and... It plays wonderfully. Uh, it's very gothic. It is. It's atmospheric. Um, it sets the tone. So I've listened through it before. So I can't wait to get some like visual context now to see how it all comes together. Now, speaking of something that we of we know that comes together because we recently experienced as part of our Friday Night Fright film series, is we're going to be listening to from a few cuts from a uh, <laughs> a movie that is from 1982, which is a banner year in genre. Mm-hmm. A PG rated film. Ooh. Yes, yes. They're here. Uh huh. Jerry Goldsmith's uh, score for Poltergeist. That's a cool score, too, because it's getting, it's kind of classy, but it's also very haunting and sinister as well. But there's also some like red herrings, like the happy, like, la, la, la. and it's all like innocent and nice, but. Meanwhile, there's actual real bodies in the swimming pool, you know. So it's <laughs> what happens when you don't move the uh, the, the bodies exactly. <laughs> well, and it's it that's the exact uh, one we're going to open with here. This is Carol Ann's theme, and this is the one that it's kind of haunting, but it's kind of beautiful. And speaking of context, you talk about the tragedy that was Heather O'Rourke's yeah. life with that young poor kid. Um, but she also imprints on your head. It's just one of those things that this music connects it. Her performance connects it. Uh, hope you enjoy this one. And this is the one that almost gives me the, the tears and the chills and everything. So this is Carol Ann's theme.
If you have two ears and a heart, a tear should be streaming down your face. I know. That's so sad, but it's also so sweet and innocent, but also so sad. Why is it so sad? I mean, like, it should be, like, cute and happy and then very, but it's like... And his heart grew three sizes that day, but also broke. You know, and it's like, <laughs> why? But also there's that hint of gremlins. Oh, yeah, more of a hint. I mean, yeah. what's great is with a lot of these musicians, these composers, is where you can hear bits and pieces like we just heard uh, with Dracula, the bits and pieces of Raiders. You can hear them forming these ideas and in kind of uh, enhancing them or mm-hmm. sometimes repeating them. But regardless, when they hit, they hit. Yeah. Um, did they have Zelda's theme on there? <laughs> <laughs> now, that could go a number of ways since I just saw Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> And good Lord, is there a lot of Zelda in that? No, actually, my favorite part of that uh, Friday Night Fright was when we uh, had the, um, the uh, oh my God, the trailer with Zelda and Michael Lerner. Oh, Disturb, no, the, Anguish. Anguish, there we go. That one played like gangbusters. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so come on out uh, on Friday nights or Mondays as well, because we'll uh, replay all the good stuff as well. And speaking of the good stuff, that is it. We've had the fluff. It is now time for the education of Genius McGee. Ooh. Now we've we've gone into metal with mm-hmm. Genius, which is kind of you're familiar with a lot of that stuff. But if I say the the phrase avant-garde, what comes to mind? Fancy schmancy, but artsy fartsy as well. Okay, fancy schmancy, artsy smartsy, excellent. So maybe something that is something a, weird. Weird. There you something go. Something weird. Like like hello, I'm an artist. Zelobon. I put perfume in a hat and I put a little boat in it and here's my art. So it might take you a minute or two. There's a discipline maybe to listening to it. Much like we would say with international horror, sometimes there's context and things that you need to figure what out. You, what are you setting me up for, dude? <laughs> nothing nothing, nothing too terribly crazy. But the Tiptoe through the tulips. That's the metal version. Tiptoe through the tulips. It would be brutal. No, actually, I'm preparing you for the, this artist. Uh, this gentleman received a uh, McCarthy grant, uh-huh. McCarthy genius grant, not the genius with a J, but right. a genius with the G. Because I ain't got no money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this one is a little bit more legit. Um, John Zorn. Are you familiar with the name? From you, yes. Okay. For, okay. Passing familiarity. I've probably had you sit through some things potentially. That might be the the kind way of saying it. I think so. I'm in for a lot of like... And then like... There's always... There's always some weird stuff with cool. a gentleman like this. And I w- happened upon, and of course, everything that we're listening to here um, are recent buys that I've uh, acquired during this, uh, the apocalypse and the, co- the quarantine, quote unquote. Um, obviously, I've ventured out into the wasteland safely, of course. And this was a find for me. Um, I, uh, this was a... Uh, not a holy grail for me, ultimately, but... But you're a big John Zorn fan. Huge John Zorn fan, and he does a lot of film work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for films you've never heard of, like, seriously, I think he's, like, scored pornography before. Like, crazy, crazy weird stuff. Oh, oh, you wish. You wish. No, it's... I've listened to a lot of his film works because at a time when physical CDs were still a thing that you collected, uh, his label was called Zadik, and they catered to the weird there was there was no easy listening in this catalog and that was all right by me like it was it was a v gold a wrecked chevy van and i now um i mentioned the film work but i one of the first things i ever heard from him 
was an album of covers he did of Ennio Morricone, uh-huh. who also recently passed away this year in the, sh- the dumpster of the year that is 2020. And he covers them some very classically for the most part. And again, Ennio Morricone, you, you, you know the oh, work. Yeah. You oh, know the yeah. work. We all know the work. But he, when you put it through a John Zorn filter, sometimes it comes out a little weird. But the selection that we're going to listen to here, it's Italian, uh-huh. it's sexy, uh-huh. and it was one of those songs that if I played out loud, it made me kind of feel like I need to look around the corner. It felt like I was going behind the beaded curtain. Sweet. This is from The Big Gun Down, which is a cover of Ennio Morricone songs, and we're going to be listening to Erotico. <laughs> you had me at pornography. <laughs> That was the ghost genius. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> you all, we did not do that. That was. That, it, that did that on its own. That was creepy. That was crazy. This has happened before, and it was something completely off mic before. So, oh my goodness, that was beyond crazy. That just added to the. Because it happened right when she started screaming real loud. I'm like, holy shit. Because I was just thinking, like, if anybody's listening to this with the car down. Or the windows down in their car, they're gonna. Be, you might need to apologize. I told him we were going behind the beaded curtain because it sounded like it sounded like something that was being played at a classy '70s swingers party where everything is like red velour. What's the password? 
orgy, right? But there's the kind of swingers party that has the bar and a live band. Like it's an actual club, right? The live band, their performance has a narrative. Mm-hmm. Well, and this one actually plays kind of perfectly because it is more of a traditional cover. But it does add elements of John Zorn, and he it's is groovy. But it's also got like a lot of like that 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 orgasmic beginning. It was like it it's, was it's like, sultry Italian voice. Yeah, it was, it was, oh, and I was like, "Gelo boo boo." Wow. Again, he he is a multi instrumentalist, but for the most part, he's primarily a composer. Uh, he's known primarily for his work with it's a little um, jazz quartet called Masada. And they play, basically, they play klezmer music, which is Jewish folk music, uh, but they jazz it up, but avant-garde style. Like, a lot of it is actually good toe-tapping stuff, but a lot of it is challenging and noisy and chaotic. But, like, so it's like, <laughs> you said it's traditional Jewish jazz music type thing? Klezmer is, yeah, it's... So, so okay. is it like... No, so is it like sexy shofar? No, like did like instead of like a, instead of a sexy sax like solo is it like the, the goat horn oh no well, it, technically it's an alto sax and a trumpet so but it's they play it's i ch- I challenge anyone out there just um check it out it's it's again it's not for everyone and then another project that he put together is something called naked city which is a quintet which is uh he put together it's um guitar bass keyboard uh drums and vocals and Mike Patton has actually sat in several times with Naked City. And they have put together like five or six albums that are so violently different from each other. And it's it's basically almost like a challenge for them. Like, what can I do with these musicians? And some of the music is, it's, it's I've probably had you listen to it before. There's a song where he channels through like... 15 genres and about oh yeah 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 they're like yeah that would be it so again not necessarily the something that's real toe tapping and no but it's definitely interesting it is interesting it's a little weird and all of his film work and not interesting like that's interesting as in been like it's an interesting song no it's he's and he's prolific i mean he continues to compose today and it's 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 intimidating actually to look at his work because some people ask how do you get into John Zorn, and back when I was kind of getting into him, it was still challenging. But now after so many years of work, it just it's 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 beyond intimidating. But I challenge anyone out there to dive into his work, and you could do no worse than going into actually I should say no better than uh, the Big Gun Down. It's so freaking good. Hmm. Now we're gonna close out with Italian here, my friend, mm-hmm. and a little 45 that I picked up, and this one goes out to Genius and everyone within his family. Um, take a look at this classic, kind of kind of a customized little thing here, Genius. This is a little 45 I've got. Uh, tell the audience what we see here. Let's see here. Ah, it's from the from the beyond. <laughs> Two classic film, film by Fabio Fritzi. So... <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. do indeed. This is a little 45 split side of Fabio Fritzi with uh, the from theme from Beyond. Beyond and Zombie. That's fucking dope, dude. Not only do not only do those songs rock, but it's good to like for the cat hole. Oh. To rock out to the cat hole. Well, I thought we would close things out awkwardly and wonderfully and ap- apocalyptically potentially as they do in the Beyond, but also dope. Because as we famously now know, part of the show's DNA is the reason why Fabio Fritzi probably won't come back here to Kansas City, (laughs) blame it on Genius and And, Owen's cat hole. And the cat hole.
I'm taking no. pictures of the cat hole. But we are going to indeed close here on the theme from Beyond, and we're just going to let Beyond close everything out, actually. Fuck so you, you won't hear the gonk this time, but um, thank you for uh, learning with us here this mm-hmm. month in the month of August. And I will say this, we're going to get wet here in the month of September, and not in an, a Cronenberg kind of way, no. but in a help shark kind of way. Mm-hmm. We're going underwater. And we're doing that all around in Patreon and on the main feed. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. <laughs>